episode 233 of the All the Book Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, literary news. I'm Eric Mickles, and Nick Gunning, you have failed this podcast. Oh, no. Uh, you want to talk Green Arrow today? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Then I shot you. Uh, shot Eric, you Eric's, uh, Eric's subtle intro there was to remind everyone that we're finally talking Green Arrow. Uh, it's it's been a while since we've been talking about this, and here we are, yeah. finally ready to do it. Yeah. Uh, the the Arrow series, uh, Stephen Amell's CW uh, Green Arrow series has ended. Uh-huh. The spinoff Green Arrow and the Canaries so far has still not been officially picked mm. up to series as yeah. we record here in February, so we'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. But with that show wrapping up, we thought it'd be a good time to talk about everybody's favorite Emerald Archer. <laughs> did, you like, did you like that? Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> Silver Age. You know, it's uh-huh. a classic. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. But before we get into that, we have some literary awards. We have some <gasps> bookmark. We have we have a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a busy show today. Yeah. Uh, let's open the old bookmark. See where we are. Boy, let's see. Why don't you go first? What, what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? I uh, I've been reading some comics on Comixology. Yes. Uh but no, no, Jurassic. They've only have the. Uh, it's weird. They had that one Dangerous Games one in a trade form. Okay. And then they had uh, Jurassic Park, the uh, Redemption. Yeah. But only in single issues, and they don't have the other one that where like it happens in Arizona or something like the Arizona <laughs> desert. Okay. So um, instead, I've decided to wait for this computer to be very slow. I finished. I am still alive. By Kate Alice Marshall. You know, every time you say this, I say, what's that? But I actually remember this time. Okay. It was that book that we featured on the Sexy New Book Club yeah. several several episodes back. Yeah. Did it, it was one you wanted to read based on your initial based reaction Based on my initial to it. reactions. Was it rewarding in the end? Uh, Are you glad you read it? So it is the uh, girl goes to live with her father. Her okay. father's basically living in uh, the Canadian wilderness depart from all civilization no contact with anybody uh her mom had died so she has to go live with there she's not happy about it because it's in the middle of nowhere fortunately her dad used to be in contact with the wrong kind of people and in the end she is left alone Mm -hmm. uh in this wilderness and with only uh, herself a dog and uh what she can gather so it's a bit hatchet it's a bit hunger games Mm -hmm. it's a bit uh i don't know what the opposite of taken Given it's still here, <laughs> yes. I don't know. Uh, it it gets pretty brutal at times. Um, I don't know. I didn't like her dad at all. Which mm. I mean, I guess we're not supposed to. She, the main character, was never uh, one that I was too invested in. But it was still like, if somebody was like, I want Hatchet, but older. Yeah, I, I guess I'd recommend this. Okay, it's pretty good. All right. So uh, I'm still alive by Kate Marshall Alice. Did I say that right? Yeah, or is I think it so. Kate. Alice Marshall. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm just believing whatever you're saying. Well, I'm just trying to keep up. Uh, Kate Alice Marshall okay. is the name. So Great. Pretty good. I think that was 2017. Mm-hmm. So I finished it. Uh, let's see. So, oh, on Comixology, I read Bloodshot, or I have been reading Bloodshot okay. with that uh, Vin Diesel movie coming out. Yeah. So this is all like rebooted stuff. I guess all the old like 90s stuff I'd have to just read individually okay. issues, which I feel like I want to. Bloodshot's the guy who's uh, he's full of nanites. Oh, like the Borg. I guess. Okay. Uh, the nanites can basically do uh, anything you want them to do uh-huh. when you're a writer. They're basically magic. Yeah. Um, basic. The main one is that they can heal him. Okay. That's important. Yeah. But they're protein based. Yeah. So he has to eat a lot of meat to keep those nanites going. So it sometimes he's like he has like 
no legs. He's missing an arm, and he's next to a cow. And then cut to the next panel. The cow's gone, and he's he's looking better. Is this the uh, is this the Vin Diesel character where he's just a tree? Yes, this is the tree. This is the tree Vin okay. Diesel character. All right. uh, off of Comicsology on my Marvel Unlimited app, yeah. <laughs> I've been reading all new Wolverine. I read Orphans of X. This oh. is where a bunch of people who have been uh, who have dealt with uh, their loved ones being killed. Um, it's like group a group therapy situation. Yeah, they okay. uh, they try to kill all the. Uh, Wolverine-like characters. They get a okay. hold of that blade that can kill Wolverine, mm-hmm. and they turn it into bullets. Yikes. Is Vin Diesel in this? No. Okay. Uh, this has been pretty good. We actually have this. This is by Tom Taylor. We have the whole series in our collection here. Uh, like all six volumes, or uh, I believe it is. I started this. I read at least the first, yeah. at least the first volume, if not the first couple. It's very good. It's very funny. Um, it's uh, it's got some heart. It's pretty brutal at times. Mm. Dakin, when this this might be the only time I've ever liked Dakin, mm-hmm. who is Wolverine's son. Wolverine's son. Yeah. Okay. So, however, the idea of like a bunch of people being upset that a Wolverine has killed all their loved ones, yeah, uh, was done by Jason Aaron in that one where uh, Wolverine accidentally killed all his children. Yeah. So yeah, that sounded familiar to me. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. I also read Iceman. Iceman's first ongoing. This is by. I want to oh. make sure I get the author. Well, right. since the uh, since the J.M. DeMatteis miniseries, <gasps> anyway. Yeah, the Cinna Grace uh, wrote this. So this was eleven issues. Uh, I fi- I've, I've just finished it. Two volume set. Yeah, I read that. Two a while volume back. set. It's uh, Iceman dealing with the fact that he's now uh, he's come out. Yeah. And he's also trying to balance where does that put him with the X Men mm-hmm. and in life, uh, having been. Uh, in the closet like his whole life but also dealing with his parents who've never been yeah. okay with him being an x-men or yeah. a mutant and now you know adding that element mm-hmm. onto it I, I, it's one of those things where i'm just like just don't talk to your parents yeah. anymore yeah, but seriously. he seems to want to i guess strange people are gonna do what they're gonna do yeah um i forgot it today i'm so upset i left all my reading material at home but i am reading right now altered carbon by richard k morgan okay this is Netflix show? a now a Netflix show. It is. Yeah, okay. I think it's only getting its second season like in a couple of weeks. Oh wow! So uh, it's okay so far. Uh, interesting. It hasn't really. I haven't gotten far. Uh, but uh, what I've read has been cool. Nice. That's it. Okay. I guess I watched Parasite, the movie Parasite. Oh, okay. So yeah. Do you want to talk about the Academy Awards? I watched the Oscars. Okay. I guess that's a bookmark. Do you want to, you want to give us some of the winners? Uh, off the top of my head, International yeah. and Best Picture went to Parasite. Okay. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix won for The Joker yes, I've heard for of Best that. Actor. Yep. Uh, Best Actress went to Renee Zellweger for Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, supporting Actor went to Brad Pitt. Yes. And Supporting Actress went to Laura Dern. How would you handle that? Were you pretty excited? Was I excited about what? Laura Dern winning? Yeah. Yeah, Adam Driver. It was like, show, they showed Dern. Adam Driver yeah. when he was being no- no- yeah. nominated. And I realized he was sitting next to Laura Dern. Yeah. And I felt like if I was at the Oscars yeah. and they're like, here, you can sit here. And then Laura Dern sat down next to me. Yeah. I would somehow spill a soup that I didn't know I had yeah, you'd be, <laughs> all over you'd myself. You'd order a soup and then spill it on <laughs> your spill body. Spill it all over yeah, myself. Yeah. I would, I don't know, pull out my hair. <laughs> In really? Weird, yeah, I'm just like, hi, hi. I would just start quoting Jurassic Park at her. Yeah, I you would, definitely would do that. She would just that. sit down like, hi, I'm Laura. And I'm like, you never had power. That's the illusion. Yeah. And she'd be like, uh, oh, from okay. The, from yeah. the film, yeah. Yeah. Security. She'd talk to Anthony Hopkins about switching places. Right. And, oh, I don't want to. That'd be creepy. That's a bad Anthony Hopkins. Actually, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I definitely heard what you were doing in there. Um, Anything else big? Toy Story 4 won Best uh, Animated. Yeah, I like that. And then I was uh, really pleased with that movie. 
couple other stuff. Okay. So cool. Uh, kind of surprising. Uh, 1917 didn't win too much. Mm-hmm. Joker didn't really win too much. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> at one point they were talking about like uh, production design. Is like as they help us imagine what it was like to be in World War One or Gotham City. I'm like, we know what it's like yeah, to be in Gotham City. We're familiar. We've seen it. Um, and it's. It's just funny now. Somewhere you know that Jack Nicholson is just fuming. I know. He didn't get anything for the Joker. Haven't seen Joker or Marriage Story, mm. but I'm okay. Every yeah. every scene they've shown in Marriage Story, I'm like, well, I'm a child of divorce. Yeah. I've been through this. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> right. Uh, and then with Joker, it's just kind of like, yeah, I know. Yeah. But I, don't I guess yeah. I should. People tell me I should. Okay. But they also tell me when I say, like, I don't want to watch it because it seems like it's going to be brutally violent. They're like, no, it's just this one scene where somebody gets stabbed through the eye oh, and then Stop. continued to enough, be stabbed. Enough, enough, And I'm just like, what? when I say I don't want to deal with brutal violence, what are you thinking right. of? <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's it. That's about, it's about the Oscars. The par- Parasite uh, was very good. It's very different from what I thought it was going to be about. But it's funny. It's dark. Gets very brutal at the end. A lot of brutal violence that I had to turn away for. So, but um, I didn't love the host, but I really liked Snowpiercer. If that helps. Yeah. Same director. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Chris Evans, Snowpiercer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure I was on on task with you there. All right. All right. All right. My turn. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I read a lot of comics because uh, we, we've got <laughs> our, this guy over there. We've got our Green Arrow spotlight that we're doing today. And we're also going to be doing a Birds of Prey spotlight next week. So I was really just bouncing back and forth between the Green Arrow and, and the Birds of Prey. Who's your um, favorite Birds of Prey? Oh, I mean, Black Mine's Canary. Mine's the Peregrine Falcon. Black Canary. <laughs> um, so I, I, I finished the whole Rebirth Birds of That's Prey. That's also wrong. Is only <laughs> it's Huntress. Oh. We're gonna, like, I guess like, we're going to fight next yeah, week. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Uh, Birds of Sizzle. Prey Rebirth is three volumes, um, which I actually really liked. It starts no, a little okay, slow. Is this Birds of Prey or is this Batgirl and the Birds of Prey? Batgirl and the Birds of okay, Prey. Okay. Batgirl and the Birds the of Prey. The Rebirth yes. was just under the Batgirl and Birds of Prey. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I read that whole three volume set. We'll talk about that a little bit next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'd enjoy that too. Yeah. If you're so inclined to read it. Not doing so hot at the box office, I guess. I heard that. Yeah. But I read many Green green Arrows. Uh, one I'll mention is Connor Hawk, Dragon's Blood. The cover looks so 90s. It is so 90s. This is about Green Arrow's son, Connor Hawk, who goes mm-hmm. off on a archery contest and ends up fighting a dragon. So yeah. it was crazy, but I kind of liked like it. Dr. Like Dr. Doolittle. Like I finished it and was like, well, that was nuts, but then I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, I read those. Uh, I'm currently reading The Noble Hustle by Colson Whitehead. Is this a poker book? It is a poker book. Yeah, he's he was just kind of an amateur poker player, and he gets oh. staked um ten thousand dollars by a magazine to go and write an article about it and so mm-hmm. he like buys into this major game mm-hmm. and that's what the book is about so oh. at this point he's still doing like smaller things to get up there but he only right. had like 60 days to prepare so okay. really interesting premise for the book and i'm enjoying it so far you should watch the movie rounders oh with i'm Matt Damon. so late to the party yeah i guess so. i am about 22 years late yeah to getting into rounders yeah but i think i loved it oh because okay. I keep telling, I keep talking about I it. I know. Well, it keeps checking out here. It's crazy. Yeah, I bought it, I bought it for the library the weekend after I watched it. Yeah, and yeah, it just keeps checking out. Nobody will apparently it. it was a huge. Uh, it kind of created the poker boom. Oh. that we got. Okay, later on. Yeah, anyway. uh, I'm also reading Call of the Wild by Jack London. So if you'll remember. I don't know, hundreds of episodes ago at this point, we were going to do our old switcheroo thing yeah. where I give you a book and you give me a book. Uh-huh. And then we decided we don't have time for that. Yeah. But Harrison Ford has only been in one of those movies now. <laughs> That's true. 
Uh, my suggestion was Dome- Domestic Violets by yeah. Matthew Norman, which I still think is a great book. Mm-hmm. I tried to read his second book, uh, We're All Damaged, and I really didn't like it. But, but Domestic Violets is still great. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we were gonna we were gonna do a whole swap of these. But uh, I'm reading Call of the Wild, and we're gonna be talking Jack London in a couple of weeks. Call of the Wild, because Eric's a fan of movies with CGI dogs. No, I'm not a fan of what I've seen for that yeah, movie. You're a fan of that movie, and so I think you should read the book. That's and not cool. uh, anyway, I'm also reading Green Arrow colon Black Arrow by Mike Grell. Mm. This is part of the uh, Mike Grell's classic 80 issue run on Green yeah. Arrow, which I discovered in preparation for this podcast mm-hmm. and now love it. Yeah, so that's been a fun time. Black for me. Arrow is basically his negaduck. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so that's it for me reading yeah. wise. I, I've got a stack. That was a Darkwing Duck reference. Everybody, I got it. Yeah, I got it instantly. Yeah. Uh, let's move into some book news. All right. Well, right. I, I have. Have you been watching The Outsider on HBO? No. People are loving it. I know they are, and and the book is just so. The 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 premise of the book I find so dark and upsetting. Mm. I just can't read it. On Netflix, they just recently dropped uh, Joe Hill's Lock and Key oh. adaptation, which was okay. Joe Hill did a comic book. Uh, I think it was Vertigo. I think it was uh, Lock or and Key. Might have actually been Dynamite. Actually. Dynamite. Anyway. Um, the, the I read the first volume. I didn't read any more. It was very dark, and there were some brutal moments in it. It's TV fourteen on Netflix, mm-hmm. and you watch the tone. It's very kind of confusing because there's some scenes where it's like, oh, that person's just covered in blood, but in another ways, it looks just kind of like a Tim Burton's like kids film. Weird. So it, I don't really know. So like James and the Giant Peach. No, it doesn't look like that. He wasn't. He wasn't involved in that one. That's not true. He wasn't. Tim no. Burton didn't do James and the Giant Peach. No, he's. I mean. He didn't direct Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. The other guy did. And so Tim Burton took his name off James of the Giant Peach so that the guy would get the full credit this time. However, really? I think maybe he just knew that James of the Giant Peach wasn't a good movie. Huh. Well, he's still a producer. On yeah. It. He's still listed as a producer. Yeah, but so. it's not like from the mind. It's not uh, his yeah. story or anything. Well, it was creepy, that movie. I don't um, know. Anyway. I, it's it, IDW, everyone. Lock and Key is produced by IDW Comics. Ugh. I used to like IDW. Then what happened? I read their Jurassic Park crap. Um, well, they've been very good to Star Trek. You know when so. Ian Malcolm uh, sees Lara Dern digging through the poop, and he's like, that's a big pile of the S word? Yeah. That's how I felt reading those books. Well, the uh, images you shared, I think, uh, really. What was I going to say no about? Idea. Oh, I anyway, if you've watched Lock and Key, tell us what the tone is. Okay. Because I'm not watching it. Yeah, you can find us at Twitter at All the <laughs> yeah. Book Show. Let us know. Uh, first, I want to announce a literary award. Thank you. The Andrew Carnegie Medal for Excellence. Uh, a little Is this background. the guy who was in uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy? Ja- that's James, James Cagney. Cagney. Never mind. I don't think James Cagney had anything to do with this. No. The Andrew Carnegie Medals for Excellence in Fiction and Nonfiction, established in 2012, oh. recognize the best fiction and nonfiction books for adult readers published in the U.S. in the previous year and serve as a guide to help adults select quality reading material. The winners for this year include Lost Children Archive by Valeria Lucelli. Intense and timely, Valeria Lucelli's novel tracks husband and wife audio documentarians as they travel cross-country with their two children and deep into the painful history of the Apache people and the present immigration crisis on the southwest border, while freshly exploring themes of conquest and remembrance and powerfully conveying the beauty of the haunted landscape. That sounds heavy. 
And our nonfiction winner is... There's that word again. Is everything... <laughs> is gravity the same in the future? I, I love that. I love that Back to the Future poll. Thank you. Uh, Midnight in Chernobyl, the untold story of the world's greatest nuclear disaster by Adam Higginbotham. <laughs> Adam Higginbotham has created a thorough. I'm glad you can laugh. <laughs> Research, fast-paced, engrossing, and revelatory account of what led up to and what followed the explosion of Reactor 4 at the Chernobyl, Chernobyl nuclear power plant on April 26, 1986, focusing on the people involved as they face shocking circumstances that are having complex and significant global consequences. I was born in 1986. Really? Yes. You can find more about the Andrew Carnegie Award at ALA.org, ALA.org slash awards hmm. grants slash Carnegie Adult. What a what a simple URL that is. Uh, but you can just do a search for that. Anyway, those are the two winners for that. Oh, congratulations, winners. Uh, anything else for the good of book news? What do we got on the bestseller list? Yeah, there's some stuff about that. Okay. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, all right. So number 10 on the New York Times bestsellers list for, for adult. hardcover fiction okay. for adults, all right. for the grown-up in your life. Big people. If you've got to do some Valentine's Day shopping yep. for the... Love of your life. Yeah. Or you just want a book and you're an adult. Let me ask you a serious question. Yeah. Did you not know that Valentine's Day was this week? I did not. Okay. But I'm totally prepared. Really? I'm, I guess we'll go see Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. Uh, <laughs> blue streak. One year. Speeds by. It, one year we did go see the Lego Batman movie for I Valentine's Day. I remember that. Day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I had a great time. I don't know if I did great on Valentine's Day then. Oh, I think no. I think objectively, okay. no, yeah. I mean, we went out to eat, and then we saw it. We yeah. went to Applebee's. Okay, America's well, favorite. All right, I get it. This year, I'm prepared. When is it again? Friday. Oh, my gosh. The 14th. All right, number 10 on the New York Times bestsellers list yeah. is The Guardians by John Grisham. Mm -hmm. uh, Colin Post, a lawyer and Episcopal minister, antagonizes some ruthless killers when he takes on a wrongful conviction case. It's fun stuff. Yeah. It's always fun yeah. when you're a John Grisham book. That's right. Number nine. <laughs> uh, the Dutch... Oh, nope. Number nine. A Long Petal of the Sea by Isabel Allende. Oh, yes. A young pregnant widow and an army doctor to t take a ship to Chile to escape the aftermath of the Spanish Civil War. Did I say Chile wrong? No, you said it right. Why did you laugh then? I don't know. What's wrong with you? I don't know. All right. Uh, da -da -da -da. You're going to be doing this for a book club soon. Maybe. Don't think, don't think you're not. Maybe. The Dutch House is at number eight by Ann Patchett. Sibling relationship is impacted when the family goes from poverty to wealth and back again over the course of many decades. Uh, did you see the Connors are doing like a live show? No. I feel like if I was John Goodman, I'd be tired. Isn't the live show craze kind of past? Yes. I think Drew Carey killed it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So killed it dead. Hey, oh. can I ask your opinion? Do you have any opinions about the, the Drew Carey show? The new Fantasy Island movie coming out? It's like a horror movie? Like, no, I got nothing. Nothing? I've, I have no attachments to Fantasy no, Island. Well, I don't either. Okay, just so, curious. Only through parodies am I familiar with Fantasy Island. Uh, Drew Carey show was pretty choice for quite a while. Yeah. And then it really went off the rails. Yeah. Well, okay. once uh, Courtney... Yeah. Uh, Krista Miller. Yeah, Krista Miller. Once Krista Miller left. Man, it was not. Yeah, I yeah. was like, cool. Yeah. Now, it, that, that other person can't... Uh, yeah, it was yeah. a lot. Uh, number seven, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. Uh, Tomult ensures when Alex Chamberlain's babysitter is mistakenly accused of kidnapping her charge. Mm. Such a fun age. Yes. 
Uh, Silent Patient is at number six by Alex McKillides. Wow. That, is that making a comeback or has it been there the whole time? It's been here for 35 weeks. Really? It hasn't okay. moved from uh, this spot since okay. last week. Theo Faber looks into the mystery of a famous painter who stops speaking after shooting her husband. Dear Edward is at number four. Oh, nope. Number five. Dear Edward is at number five by Anne Napolitino. A mm-hmm. uh, 12-year-old boy tries to start over after becoming a sole survivor of a plane crash in which he has lost his immediate family. Oof. Oof. I don't want to ride planes anymore. Yeah, seriously. Ever. Number four, Lost by James Patterson and James O'Born. The new head of the FBI task force takes on a crime syndicate run by a pair of Russian nationals who went down on a plane on a mysterious island. Fantasy Island? I was Lost. Oh, The book's okay. called okay. Lost. All right. <laughs> James Patterson is going to explain to you what the smoke monster is. Wow, if he knows, I'd love for him to tell yeah. me. Uh, when You See Me by Lisa Gardner, new this week at number three, Dee Dee Warren and Flora Dane join the FBI agent Kimberly Quincy's task force. And she's not having any of their tomfoolery. Mm-mm. Do you ever call up a pizza a new place? Sheriff in town. Ask them if they have an order for Tom, and when they ask for the last name, you say foolery, and then you hang up? No. It's so funny. I mean, it sounds funny. I was never much of a prankster like that. Oh, I've done that. I, oh, I you, you call that. up and ask if there's any an order for walls there, and they say no, and you go, oh, so there's no walls there? Then how's your Billy standing up? And then you hang up. Very <sighs> funny. Were you making these prank calls in like 1962? I was making these prank calls in 2007. Just you and the cast of Happy Days? Just <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the cast of Happy Days would like me? Uh, oh, you know. couldn't I mean, answer no, right no, away. I th- yeah, I think Ron Howard is a pretty... He seems like a good guy. He's uh-huh. a good dude. Henry I mean, Winkler. He puts up with a uh, mouth. Yeah. Mal- Ralph the Mouth. Ralph, Ralph and, Melf. Yeah, Melf. I think. Uh, who's the other guy? Potsy. Potsy. Yeah, I feel like if he hangs out with the friends he hangs out with, yeah. I'd be okay. Yeah. Like I'm usually not used to hanging out with somebody so put together. Yeah, it could be. So could be. I don't know how to work a car though. Mm. Like I'd have to call the Fonz up yeah. all the time. Like yeah, yeah, Fonz, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get this to work. Yeah. Just say crawdad so we can move on. That is at number two, where the crawdads sing. Though, if you look for it on Amazon, you can find it under "I Know Why the Crawdads Sing." Really? Yes. That's funny. I uh, I was looking up uh, my Angelou. Yeah, yeah, and that was <laughs> that was what Amazon was autofilling. That's funny. Number one, American Dirt by Jenny Cummings. A bookseller flees Mexico for the United States with her son while pursued by the head of a drug cartel. And this certainly isn't glamorizing or mm-hmm. sensationalizing a real world issue mm-hmm. in in any way, Nick. It is. Yes, I know. Oh, okay, I'm aware. Uh, is that going right. to do it? That's number one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think. Uh, Wait. Also, uh, a little uh, sh- shameless self-promotion on my end. Oh. If you listen to our J.M. DeMatteis podcast that we did a while ago, yes. where we talked about Batman going sane, which is a great time to plug the going sane uh, episode we did, Yeah, because we did that in time for the movie of Joker, and now guess what? Joker won an Oscar in Joaquin Phoenix performance. Yes. Anyways, if you have or are about to listen to that podcast, part two, where J.M. DeMatteis talks to me and Hillary on Previously on X-Men, is up. Yeah. We talk about X-Factor and yeah. Iceman. It's actually, so yeah, on the All the Books episode, which is episode 218, or there's just a standalone version yeah. of it that you can listen J. to J.M. Well, DeMatteis. We sort of start with his writing on the Joker, but then we go all over the place. Talk about you some know, Cravens, really talk, talk about, about his about, process. Yeah, a lot about the different things. Yeah. And then, uh, for previously on X-Men, you guys focus. you started focusing on the Iceman miniseries, uh-huh. which is bananas which is bananas and yeah. he would agree yep uh and then you really get into it about collaboration and, yep. and working with illustrators and that talking sort of thing. about uh, his appreciation of the letterer yeah 
working on it yeah. and yeah just how sometimes you get on a gig and you're like oh, i get to work with this artist and then the artist leaves after the first yep. book and you're like oh come on yeah i listened to it this morning i thought it was a great interview so that's the second part of that and where do they find that is uh you can find us at previously on x at twitter and facebook okay Whew. and that'll link to the episodes great yeah. all right well uh enough about the joker today we're talking about another man with a green top <laughs> Because wow, because he's got the, yeah. You know what? The Joker would love that segue. <laughs> I know. He would. You know who wouldn't? Who? Green Arrow. I know. Uh, we're talking about Green Arrow, everybody. Uh, as <laughs> we mentioned at the top, top of the show, the uh, the CW Arrow has just closed after eight years, and of course, it spawned many uh, spinoffs with within the Spawn? Arrowverse, as it's called now, not Spawn. Oh, so that came to a close. I watched the finale. Eric hasn't, so we're not going to spoil anything. Thank you. But we thought now would be a good time to go back and take a look at the character uh, who has a long and weird history. Sure. So yeah. I thought to start, maybe we'd just say, when are you first aware of Green Arrow? Mm. That is a good question. Should I have primed you with that before I just... No, I'm trying to, to think when the first time I ever like found him in a book or anything. Well, I can tell you it oh. probably was in 1941, but that is when he was created mm. by Mort Weisinger and mm-hmm. George Papp. He first appeared in More Fun Comics number yeah. 73. He's a bit of a Batman ripoff day one. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yes. His arrow cave, his arrow car, yes. everything was yes. yeah. Uh, I mean, right down to it, right down to it with, uh, he has a sidekick, Speedy, yep. who's he's just his Robin stand-in. He yeah. has a police commissioner he works with. Mm-hmm. He's rich. I mean, he is very much yeah. a Batman clone. Yeah. They're just trying to make something stick. But yeah. the character stuck around. What you want an arrow to do. Exactly. <laughs> character stuck around in more fun comics for several issues. And then eventually he and Speedy kind of made their way to the cover, dethroning Dr. Fate and the Spectre, who had mm. been the cover, uh, cover feature of more fun for a right. while. After that, he bounced around for quite a bit with Adventure Comics, World's Finest Comics, um, before eventually getting his own series, but not for a long time. This mm-hmm. is a character with you know, nearly 80 years of history, and it was quite a while. It was, it was the 80s before he mm. got yeah. a Green Arrow title. But, um, yeah, it was the cocaine in the air, man. You, I, you, you just gave so. everybody their own title at that so. point. I guess that's what happened. Yeah. The 80s is definitely when I discovered Green Arrow, though not through, com- uh, not through that like standalone you series. in the 80s yeah. discovered the Green Arrow. Yeah. I always forget that you, that you were like aware of your surroundings in oh, the yeah, 80s. I was, yeah. And you're just like, man, it's 1988. It's, yeah. I'm having a ball. You're right. But Where's I, that cocaine? But, uh, did, did, did my vamping about Green Arrow give you enough time to figure out? I, I'm, I'm having a hard time. I honestly think the first time I ever picked up a book that had Green Arrow in it, it would be The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Really? Mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns was your introduction to the Green Arrow? Yeah. You, like you weren't familiar with him before that? Well, I mean, my comic reading experience is basically X-Men. Oh. Some Marvel, like like Daredevil and Spider-Man and Hulk, and then Batman, basic and like that's all this I like. Weird. This is a weird aspect to your to your comic book history that I forget about every single time we talk what? about comic that I got books. that I got into it late. That you started so late in two thousand. Yeah, but I was fourteen. I mean, I was a teenager. I don't ever remember. I remember mm-hmm. like when I was four, right? Saving saving money in a mason jar so right. that I could buy like a Wonder Woman action. Figure. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. Interesting. So okay, so it was it was Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns, because yeah. uh, he's in there. He's only got one arm. Yeah. Superman had ter- uh, tore it off. Yeah. in a unseen story. Uh, he helps uh, Batman defeat Superman. Yeah, uh, by hitting him with a kryptonite arrow uh, at the big climax of it all. You so. do you do see that Green Arrow in the Arrowverse at one point. I, oh, that's I fun. think it maybe is in an episode of Legends of Tomorrow ah. where you see an alternate uh, mm. version of that. Okay, so yeah. so that's a weird entry point for Green Arrow. Yeah. 
I I think mine. I mean, it's definitely Super Friends. Mm. You know, Super Friends, which spanned like a decade in various incarnations. Well, I didn't watch any of those cartoons. Yeah. So like the first time I saw him in animated form was when they introduced him in Justice League Unlimited. Well, he's not very prominent in Super Friends. Right. I know he's in a couple of maybe even just one, honestly. Mm-hmm. But it was that, and it was the action figures. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Kenner had this run of action figures that I loved. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I love them all the time. Star Wars. Uh, no, <laughs> super, superpowers. It was the superpowers line. Right. So I had the Hall of Justice. I had a carrying case, and that carrying case uh-huh. had stickers for all the different panels of like where you'd put the action figures. Right. And they each had a a little one to two sentence um, origin for the Ooh. character. That was where I learned about most, like Green Green Lantern, definitely right. Green Arrow. You know, they all had their own little thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get the Green Arrow action figure. Mm-hmm. I coveted this action figure for my whole childhood really Mm -hmm. because you know back in the day it was like when they stopped having the Kenner action figures are you getting emotional are you crying about no i'm not you didn't get the green arrow no when they stopped having the when they stopped having this Kenner line of action figures in like toys r us they Uh were just impossible to find right it's like you better pray you found it at a garage sale right and i just never got the green Hmm. the green arrow and I, i wanted it so badly right and I didn't find it when I was an adult. Mm-hmm. I found one at a flea market, and I definitely bought it. Okay, but I didn't. I didn't have it when I was a kid. So, but that that little panel in the in the action figure carrying case, uh-huh. and the little comics that came with them, mm-hmm. were definitely that. That's where I first uh, got to know Green Arrow. Nice. Uh, yeah. Outside of that one thing, I don't remember how much I saw him in Infinite Crisis at the time. But you know what? I so it would have been because Justice League, the cartoon that yeah. came out. Um, part of that like Batman animated series universe. Yeah. It had two seasons where it was just Justice League. Mm-hmm. And then its third season, it became Justice League Unlimited. And they introduced a whole bunch of new people. And the first episode had um, had Green Arrow in it. Yeah. And he kind of became like a pretty big character in that, uh, in at least the first two seasons of that. Okay. So that's really where I got to well, know if the, the character. I think, I, think the, I think the Justice League era is a pretty good pretty good introduction to that character Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the times when he's like really right Mm -hmm. because what i've learned after doing like a a a deep dive to the mike grell stuff is that there i mean he has a lot of dark history too like Mm -hmm. i guess i sort of locked into that like sort of boozy playboy Mm -hmm. green arrow who's like fun and kind of a jerk right when i think of green arrow that's the one i think of and i and i sort of thought with with the arrow show that that was more of just them trying to do Batman Begins more than anything else, mm-hmm. just trying to get that vibe. But the more I read of the Mike Grell stuff, the more I realize like there really is like this mm-hmm. this very dark history to the character. So right. I feel like more than any other character, he has this like dichotomy of being this like dark, broody, mm-hmm. violent character and being like a good time Charlie. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's weird. It's a weird yeah. thing. Uh, so let's look at comics. Good a Time bit. Charlie was his, the name of his '70s miniseries. Oh, okay. Green Arrow right. in Good Time Charlie. Yeah. So he's he started he started early in the '40s, and I I think when the superhero craze was really going, they yeah. were like, we need more, we yeah. need more of these things. Yeah. So uh, George Weisinger created him, obviously taking some cues from Robin Hood, but also took a lot of inspiration from uh, a movie serial called The Green Archer, which was based on a book by Edgar Wallace, which we actually have this serial in our system. So if oh. you want to watch it. Uh, you can. I watched a little bit of it, but as I said, he kind of bounced around the um, the, the universe, the catch-all comics for a while. Yeah, he has a he has a really fun uh, he has a really fun issue in Adventure Comics, uh, Adventure Comics two fifty eight. Mm. It's where he teams up with Superboy, 
mm-hmm. which I loved. Mm-hmm. And so, like when they when the character showed up in Smallville, I was like, "Hey, just like in that old oh, Adventure yeah. Comics run." There you go. Anyway, um, it's it's 1969 when you have Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill stepping Gosh, in. What season does he show up in Smallville? Oh, I don't know, five, five or five? six. Something like that. So maybe he showed up in Smallville before Justice League. Oh, I guess it's but possible. I, I wasn't watching Smallville at the time. Mm. So weird. Yeah. I must, there must have been something else I just can't remember. I, I don't know what it would have been. Yeah. At, in that era, I, I don't yeah. have any idea. All right. But um, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams run where he, he's partnered with Green Lantern. So this, this is where, this is oh, where yeah. we first get the Van Dyke beard. You know, uh-huh. and and more of a of the new costume, um, that sort of that big time leftist. You get a little, yeah, you get a little taste of that in the Brave and the Bold. But then, um, you know, as as uh, as he's continued to be incorporated into things like uh, Justice League of America and all that, uh, Steve Englehart uses him quite a bit in his Justice League books. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where this 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 persona starts to develop beyond just the Batman clone into more of a a fun, yeah. you know, socially conscious kind of yeah. guy. Uh, but let's talk Green Lantern, Green Arrow, because that yeah. is... It's fun. It is. It is. <laughs> but it's also like very issue of the week. Yeah, at the time. Absolutely. But also, like at the time, I it was very new, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Like in the uh, 80s? Is this one? It, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So... Er- I, I mean, very early 80s. Especially really. for like mainstream, just like, it's Green Lantern and Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about homelessness yeah. and the heroin epidemic and, you know, all of this. Um it's and now yes it comes across a little dated mm-hmm. but i think uh you can appreciate the intention yeah and th- i mean him and green <laughs> just the way he's always calling out green lantern it's just funny yeah so well those i mean that that stuff like with with uh green arrows ward speedy being a heroin addict and yeah all that that's early i mean that's like it's, 1971 the, <laughs> it shouldn't be funny yeah. but what's <laughs> I, I don't know the cover has a Green Lantern calling out Green Arrow. He's like, you've always got the answers, Green Arrow. What's yeah. your answer for this? Yeah. And Green Arrow's like, my ward. And Speedy's like shooting up. Shooting up, right up on the, the cover. cover. And yeah. Green Arrow's just like, my shocking. ward Speedy is a junkie? Yeah. And it's just kind of like, there's just so much happening on there. Yeah. And it, and, and Green Lantern is just like taking such the... Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. Yeah. Get Look off at, your high horse. Yeah. So so this run <laughs> this run is was pretty surprising to me. I've only read this very recently. I think mm. you read it quite a bit ago. The I would have read this. And you know what? I've got my uh, Goodreads. Yeah, I read this in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. If that times it I, you know, yes. it doesn't tell me. Anyway, Five or 6 years ago. Yeah, I read it uh, a okay. while ago. Well, it calls out a lot of things I didn't realize how close to things like the the Bobby Kennedy assassination, Martin Luther King Jr. assassination, mm-hmm. that these issues were because it references those a lot. Yeah. So to be using that kind of um, like real world political tragedies mm-hmm. uh, in a comic book just so openly and brazenly, I would yeah. think would be pretty daring at the time. So yeah. uh, it's it's weird to see. That run, I think, when they're doing more like street level stuff, works really well, mm. and it gets a little kooky when it's like kind of st- it can't decide if it wants to do street level stuff yeah. or it wants to do like Green Lantern, like. Well, maybe Denny stuff. O'Neill was doing a one for me, one for them yeah. kind of thing. You're probably right. <laughs> You're probably right. Like, here's an issue about racism, but yeah. also here's one about Mogo, yep. Yep. the planet who's yeah. a Green Lantern. Yep. Well, after that run, uh-huh. Green Arrow got his first self-titled story and it's just a four volume thing uh written by mike w Barr, 
and it it deals with Green Arrow sort of uh, coming back into society mm-hmm. and regaining some of his his in wealth Seattle. and fame in Seattle, Washington. Yep, it sets up a cool. There's a, it uses Count Vertigo pretty heavily and sets up a cool rivalry with the two of them. Teams up with Frasier every now and then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is the so this is the first Green Arrow standalone series. Yeah, and it's just four issues, and. It's not until a couple years later that he gets that kind of treatment again with Mike Grell's Green Arrow, The Longbow Hunters. Right. So Mike Mike Grell had been drawing a lot of the Green Arrow, Green Lantern mm. stuff, but took over writing duties with The Longbow Hunters. <laughs> so let's talk about that for a minute. You said duties. I did. Sorry. I did. Let's talk about it. Okay. Uh, I first picked this up many years ago and didn't like it. I reread mm. it for this podcast and found myself really liking it. Mm-hmm. So... Well, what did you think? I liked it. You were right to say it's more of a Vertigo title. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like but, mainstream comic book continuity at all. Well, I think it feels like mainstream 80s uh, okay. superhero. Like, if if you put this in the context of, like, Dark Knight Returns and, that's, like, The okay. Question yeah, fair. and all that stuff, it definitely fits. But when you read it now, like, because he's in Seattle and it's so detached, it might as well not be part of the DC universe mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It might as well, like you said, just be a Vertigo title. Uh, the art plays a big, a big part of that. Yeah, the art is uh is gorgeous and very uh dreamlike at times. It's and not, I, and it's not cartoony at all yeah. as the as the Green Arrow, Green Lantern yeah. stuff is. It's much more, it's much more gritty and realistic, yeah. and like you see, like it's kind of a loose pencil drawing. Yeah, so um, it work, it suits the story yeah. really well. So, but that's, uh, I mean, it's a dark story. It's you're dealing mm-hmm. with serial killers and drug addicts and yeah, uh, and Black Canary is captured and tortured i mean it's, yeah, a, it's pretty brutal it, it is and it it influences the character for i mean right up through the rebirth era you're still calling back to longbow hunter stuff yeah. so i think um well he you know, dies at some point yeah during this yeah. during the uh zero hour right where green lantern is a uh, parallax and isn't green arrow's the one who kills him yeah Parallax. I would say that um, if if you're a Green Arrow fan or you just know Green Arrow from the from Arrow the sh- from Arrow, yeah, or or Smallville or something like that, I think Longbow Hunters is is uh, a decent, is required yeah. reading. I mean, I think it, if you want to know more about the character, that's the one you got to read. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say you're going to love it, but it sets the tone for. Um, well, you want more of it? Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> you never really get away from it. Yeah. I just read. I mean, I was just reading Rebirth. Green Arrow recently, mm-hmm. and there was a specific callback, even mm. some imagery calling back to Longbow Hunters. Oh. So, it really is the thing that that I think defined the character for a long time afterwards, and led to an ongoing series, also by uh, Mike Grell mm-hmm. as the writer. And then he died. Ran oh, no, for you... it ran for eighty eighty yeah. issues, eighty issue, issues yeah. with this, and then you know went on to different different mm-hmm. creators, introduced characters like Shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's in Longbow Hunters recurs throughout the uh, Green Lantern, mm-hmm. or, sorry, Green Arrow, uh, Mike Grell stuff is a recurring character in um, Arrow, mm-hmm. you know, on, on CW. So, yeah. uh, really does set up a lot of it, and I'm loving that run. I'm about halfway through the uh, the Mike Grell run, Whoa. and I'm really loving it. That's 40 issues. I know. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I think I'm probably there. Only the first 25 are are on the DC app, and then after that, I have to track down uh, Tisk. collected editions. Tisk. I know, but I. I think I would recommend this to you. Yeah. Well, I think based they were on all the, on the app. <laughs> I know. Based based on like the things you like and that sort I of thing, like I things. think that uh I think this would yeah. be a good run. For I like you. Longbow Hunters so. though. Yeah. And it does really pick up from Longbow Hunters. Right. You know, it's a that Longbow Hunters mm-hmm. is not technically volume 1 mm-hmm. of this run, but it you do have to read it first. So the first Green Arrow comic like by himself book I ever read 
was after his death because mm-hmm. he died during that whole zero hour thing. They bring him back in Quiver, and it's uh, Kevin Smith yep. was the writer on it. And I yep. guess that was a thing he like suggested to them. He was in DC at the time talking about like the Superman movie and everything, and he was like, "Oh, you ever want that to bring back Green Arrow or anything? Make it a number one seller." I can do it for you. Yeah. And so they got him, and he did a couple of volumes now, Collector, or just two volumes? There I think collected. it's two volumes. Quiver and uh, Archer's Quest. Yeah. Is that it? Well, or Sounds of Silence. I can't remember. What uh, oh, that's that sounds right. Sound of Violence. Uh, but Quiver, when I read it at the time, so I hadn't read any Green Arrow. Oh, wow. I was a little lost. I agree. But yeah. it was also one of the things I appreciated about DC Comics in that just reading it, I was like, man, there's just so much history here. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of cool. I wanted to like the book more than I did, and I think I'd appreciate it more if I was to read it today. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, what the heck is happening? I, I don't know this character at all. I had no idea what was going on yeah. in that book. I mean, I liked it. I mm-hmm. liked the look of it, and I liked the story. But yeah, I, I did like the art. I just had to sort of assume that other things are going on, yeah. you know, because I just I didn't really know. Yeah, but. it's very context-heavy uh, and continuity-heavy, so the quiver is not something I would just give to somebody no. to read. Even if they were like, oh, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. I'm like, all right, all right but you won't like Quiver right yeah. out of the gate. Yeah, So, But yeah, it, was then, a big, it was big business for DC. It was, it was. And that run that run goes, boy, quite a, while. a few. Yeah. I, I don't remember what the last issue of that is, but um, a good long time of that run. And it, and it changes hands over the years. Uh, Brad Meltzer comes along, uh, run, does a couple. Like right after Kevin mm, Smith, yep, right? Yep, yep. Um, Judd Winnick eventually takes over, yeah, and that that rolls all the way through. And when that when that series goes by the wayside, it picks up in uh, Green Arrow, Black Canary, mm. where they're where they're working together. Yeah, that run that starts with the Kevin Smith is the only uh, full Green Arrow run that I've read. Oh wow! But I've read everything start to finish, and uh, it, it works. I mean, it works pretty well. I think, especially now that I have more context with what's going on in Quiver, mm-hmm. uh, it's good. I wouldn't say that's the one that you should pick up. No. Honestly, if you like the show Arrow, uh, even before Longbow Hunters, I just would suggest pick up uh, Andy Diggle's Green Arrow Year One. Yeah, it's one of the few Year One books that I think really like nails the concept. Oh yeah, because there's a few books that came after Batman Year One. Yeah, that put the label there, but it's really has nothing to do with their first year mm-hmm. or becoming a hero or anything. Yeah. Uh, but the Green Arrow Year One is basically he's just on the island. He's dealing with China White. Yeah. Uh, and all these other uh, issues. It's uh, the art's really cool. It's it's very focused. I think it's only like five issues long, but I ended up really liking that one. Yeah, uh, we have that one in the library and too. And definitely, if you if you're coming to it from the series, year one uh, yeah. is the most approachable. Yeah, it it feels far. like they they read uh, year one as like, well, we know what our first flashback yeah, is going to yep, be. We'll do. We'll just do that. Yeah. And I mean, that that the island thing was introduced in uh, Longbow Hunters. Or maybe just all the way back to his very like origin. I know. I mean, it is in Longbow Hunters. I don't know yeah. if that originally comes back. I mean, yeah, I, because I'm not a huge Arrow fan. I don't know how much time we've seen of the island, but I mean, this is very island specific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yep. And we have a little bit. So after after the Green Arrow Black Canary run, he dies again, right? This is this is where I get confused because he's he's resurrected in 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 Brightest Day. And he has a two-volume run. I'm, I don't know when he dies again. Does he, tell you. Does he not? I think he does. I don't think he does. Okay. I think Because he, he's around for uh, stuff. Yeah. He's there during Infinite. He's part of the whole uh, identity crisis. Right. 
thing, right, and all that stuff. Well, he does. He is a Batman he is punches a, him right in the jaw in Blackest Night. In the Blackest Night arc, he is a Black Lantern. All right, so maybe he's dead for some so, reason. I don't know. Yeah, how. <laughs> so so I don't, don't really know, know uh, what maybe happens he died there. during Final Crisis. This is, this is like the arc that I haven't uh, that I haven't read, so yeah. I don't know. But um, he does get he does get a two volume set. Yeah. Um, how much did you in like Brightest Day when they rebooted the whole DC universe? Yeah, and New Fifty Two was there. How much did you like his super cool Silicon Valley Green Arrow New 52 book? The New 52 run of Green Arrow By is Dan Jurgens. Brutal. I mean, the Midas is, Touch Volume I, 1. That's the one I read. I gave it two stars at the time. Yeah. The, I don't really have anything good to say about the, it, the New 52. It was trying to do something alongside the Arrow, yeah. but it was just so stupid. It had... it. If you liked Arrow, you were not going to like what no. was in Green. This was in the New Fifty Two stuff. No, and I think that this this really hits the mark on on a lot of or misses the mark in in all areas because I'm more of a I'm more of a Green Arrow fan and in that sort of he's a CAD style of Green Arrow mm-hmm. or had been you know up until this mm-hmm. point. Um, I preferred that to the to the grittier, darker like mm-hmm. Oliver who we see in the Arrow TV show. Mm-hmm. Green Arrow New Fifty Two somehow manages to just completely miss both of those yeah. concepts, though. Yeah, he's not fun. Like no. he's not fun to watch at all in that. No, but he's also like not really serious either. He's it's that straddling kid a weird. You line. grew up in high school with who somehow became so stupid successful, and you don't know how because <laughs> he was an idiot yeah. in school. But somehow he's like he he's working for like the San Francisco Forty ers as their like their top media producer, yeah. and you're just like, but he. He was an idiot. Yeah. Well, the, that Ugh. series that series goes through a lot of um, goes through a lot of changes. Yeah. I've only read the first three volumes of that, and I just didn't like it so yeah. much. But volume four, we have a new creative team with Jeff Lemire picking up, mm-hmm. and I have liked a lot of his okay. stuff. The rebirth uh, run that came after, yeah, uh, brought him back to his goatee former self and yeah. everything. It seems to have been a pretty big hit. People seems to really like that book. And it's surprisingly in this day and age, like a long running series now. I mean, eight volumes is yeah. what we count now. Is it like was a long it was running. just recently came to an end in. Uh, oh. If it's fifty volumes, it's uh, sorry, fifty issues. series. fifty wow. issue series. Uh-huh. But I think it wasn't so, like a. I don't think it was a canceled because we don't like this. It was more of a canceled because we're going in a new direction with, mm. you know. Uh, the the no justice era and all that stuff. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's all in the works that the characters yeah. gonna continue on. But yeah. um, I like I said I haven't read the second half uh, of that of the new fifty two run mm-hmm. and it does like Andrew Kreisberg becomes involved who's uh, who's you know uh, behind a lot of the CW series mm-hmm. um, and then Ben Percy mm-hmm. takes over and he's the one who's writing the uh, the rebirth or was. Right. So um, I, I've got to I've got to assume that series gets better, but it's a you, rough you know what? start. Before I ever read a Green Arrow comic, I was fully aware that they were trying to make that Supermax movie. Yeah, do you remember Supermax? Oh yeah, and the whole idea it was uh, what's his stupid name? I hate his hate his stuff. Goyer. Yeah, David yeah. Goyer was putting together a movie where Green Arrow it would you'd see like just five ten minutes of Green Arrow just being like a mass vigilante doing yeah. his superhero stuff, but then he gets a re- he gets framed and he goes into Supermax, which is like the super villain prison for like the worst of the worst. Yeah, and he it's basically a, a prison break movie with just arrow not in costume and everything and working with like killer croc and all this other stuff i remember at the time they're like oh it's gonna be have so many cameos and the cameos were just gonna be like a name on a door that says riddler yeah and but like the concept seemed cool yeah and they do they do kind of use that that same issue in uh 
in the seventh season of Arrow. That's what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. you do. They do. I, they're definitely pulling on your yeah. familiarity with Supermax. Yeah. Um, what what else was going on at the time? So he was in the Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. He's been in Batman: Brave and the Bold. Yeah. So Justice League Unlimited is playing off of like the longbow hunter Kevin Smith stuff, where yeah. he yeah, like in the cartoon he's very much like I'm an old leftist. You know, yeah. the government should be this and everything. Uh, Brave and the Bold is kind of going for the like Brave and the Bold does, yeah. going for the like fifties. He's he's 50s. in the in that uh, he's he's in that other costume. Yeah, it's James Arnold Taylor's voicing it. And yeah. He's in he's in the red like the red gloves yeah. and boots and in the short sleeves in, yeah. in the more fun comics era yeah. costume. Uh, and he's he, I think he's one of the more um, regular characters yeah, in Brave and the Bold. Yeah, he's very regular. Yeah, him and, and Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, and they they have a good thing. Like him and Batman, yeah. work really well together. So I, I always look forward to. That. Uh, you like those uh, Green Arrow shorts that Cartoon Network did? <laughs> I do with yeah. uh, Will Friedle. Will Friedle yeah. as as Green Arrow. Did I thought they were okay, but the one where the bow is in love, where yeah. Green Arrow's sentient bow is yeah. in love with Cupid's bow. Yeah, but then like they have this heart to heart where they're just like, "You're my best friend," yeah. and Arrow's just like, "You're my best friend." And I think it's start, funny. <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you can check those out. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really a fan of the the DC Showcase Green Arrow short. Mm-hmm. Neil McDonough is uh, right. Arrow in that. And I just yeah. I didn't really. And like then he that. plays Damien Dark to fight Arrow. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Shows up in some other stuff. All those like kids, uh, straight to DVD stuff. Mm-hmm. So, any has he been like a big character in any of the uh, DC animated universe stuff? I don't really think so. Like the big movies that have come out? No. I can't remember a thing where he's even like in the Justice League. No. Most I, of the time. I think that Crisis on Two Earths, he, Shows he up. gets a little play. Mm. Um, the Batman Unlimited movies. Yeah, he's in uh, there he's, quite a bit. He's pretty prominent yeah. in those. Well, you got to sell the toys. Yes, exactly. So. Exactly. Uh, uh, I mean, when do you want to talk Smallville? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Right. He was in Smallville. I This is this is probably my favorite on-screen This is probably a lot of people's first experience with him, period. I think so. Green Arrow shows up in season six of Smallville, and mm-hmm. it's it's perfect timing because with Smallville, by the time you get to season six, you're out of high school. You know, you've <laughs> lost some main cast members. Yeah. We've sort of been like, ah, eh, we don't feel like doing college. And so I feel like they're kind of trying to find their groove. Yeah. And Green Arrow is really, even though Aquaman and, and Cyborg had appeared yeah. prior to this, Green Arrow showing up is really the new. I he's like a harbinger of like now yeah, fun stuff. I think down. Smallville is pre Arrow and post Arrow. Yeah. I think. In, in, in seasons yeah and like the tone and stuff it yeah. goes for it yeah. seems like people are like oh but once green arrow shows up the yeah. show gets really good yeah so yeah and, and he so he does show up in the sixth season played mm-hmm. by justin hartley and justin hartley just nails it mm-hmm. i mean he's just he's just so good right like, i think of these like lines that he does that are so funny uh-huh. like he's he's the king of the one-liners in that show right he's got great chemistry with tom welling and their friendship like the the superman green arrow friendship mm-hmm. i really like yeah it's one of my favorite like on-screen duos in like in comic book uh, adaptations, I right. really feel like they're they're great together. So he eventually becomes a regular on the yeah. show. He was so popular that they talked about when Smallville was ending to make a Green Arrow spinoff with him, yeah. which then somehow transformed yeah, into Arrow, morphed into Arrow. So. Yeah, Smallville. I, I mean, this is not a Smallville spotlight, but I gotta say that show was was like a spin-off machine yeah. that they made no spin-offs from. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And every time something big you would happen. You got that Aquaman pilot. Yeah, you got the Aquaman <laughs> pilot, but not not with the same Aquaman. No. Justin Hartley's yeah. playing Aquaman in that. Hmm. But, you know, when Supergirl comes on, there was instantly talk of a Supergirl show, yeah. instantly talk of a Green Arrow show, yeah. a Blue Beetle and Booster Gold show. There were spinoffs talked about that with characters that never showed up. Am- uh, Wonder Woman was going to be in that show that was just going to be called Amazon. Yeah. 
Never happened. Yep. There was going to be the Dick Grayson show. Remember? Just the yeah, Graysons. Yeah, the Graysons. Oh, th- yeah. Thank goodness. I, well, I agree. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, so he, he becomes he becomes a regular character in that and just kills it. I mean, yeah. I, I love him in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, that really, that right played into a lot of, like, my old school love of, of the, right. the Green Arrow character. Back from the 80s mm-hmm. when I was enjoying yeah. the, the Green Arrow character. How much did you play him in Justice League Task Force? A lot. Task Force on the Sega. A lot. Uh-huh. On Sega Genesis, yes, because he had freeze arrows, which right. were very helpful. Why would you have freeze arrows in a fighting game? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like he's one of those troll characters. Maybe. You just stand on one corner and just and shoot just your arrows. Freeze, yeah. So. Yeah, well, he's a lot of fun in that. And is, I, is he I in... The Justice League DC Heroes game for PlayStation, like the the Ultimate Alliance kind of game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Justice League Heroes. He is a playable character in that. Uh, I've never played the Brave and the Bold game, but okay. he's, a, he's a he's a playable character in that. Yeah. Um. And uh, he's he's in several of the Lego games yeah. and all that. But weird uh, that he hasn't had his own game, especially during yeah, like Arrow. Yeah, seems like an easier. But they never quite. I guess the days of the '90s where you just. It, a character didn't even have to be known to get yeah. a video game. That's kind of like gone. Well, there's an Aquaman game for Xbox. Yeah. When Aquaman was before, yeah. when Aquaman was toxic, mm-hmm. they made that Xbox game. I made a. Uh, I had a uh, Green Arrow action figure. <laughs> Listen, I've been waiting for the right time to bring yeah. that up because I love those videos yeah. where Green Arrow just does tours of places. Yeah. Can we post those on Twitter? I, they are on YouTube. I don't know. Maybe they are on YouTube. I, I think they are. People need to see them. Uh, yeah. When I was, uh, so I had got a, I had got Green Arrow because it came with Green Arrow and Black Canary, and that's a whole different story. But I kept the Green Arrow, and it was based off the Justice League Unlimited design. And I used to live by myself in an apartment, and I went a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my uncle lent me his video camera, and I just started taking that Green Arrow. And the first video, he's like uh, introducing the pets. I have yeah. in my apartment. Yeah. The second one, he just does a whole tour of my apartment. And then he just, th- there are videos that are gone now where like he went through where me and my friend Matt went to a uh, abandoned building and we just climbed all like five stories of it uh-huh. checking out and Green Arrow was there and whatnot. It's pretty good. They're pretty it, good stuff. I want it, those. On anyway, there. Green Arrow basically makes fun of my apartment the whole time. Uh-huh. So calls, yeah. calls the owner of the apartment pathetic. Really? That was me. That oh, was me. Boy. Yeah. All right. Well, these are going to go up on Twitter <laughs> one way or another. So please. The second one is the one I tend to show because it's like, you want to see where I lived? Yeah. You want to see how I grew up? You want to see yeah. You want to see how I had to do dishes in the tub? Yeah. He's got a lot of confidence, that Green Arrow. <laughs> he does. He has. It came to a point. I know this This. This is almost like psychological. Yeah. I had to talk to almost. people uh, afterwards. I'm like, I got to tell you something. I'm kind of jealous of the Green Arrow mm-hmm. because he's confident, but also he seems smarter and wittier than me. Yeah. And a lot of times he seems quicker in a conversation, and I don't know how to channel that in my own life. Yeah. But there he went. Yeah. It was just me holding him in front of a camera, yeah. but he was just so quick. He was yeah. just so quick with and mean. Lightning speed. He insulted people so fast. Let's talk about the CW. The Arrow. Yeah. Let's Arrow. talk about Arrow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what's... after a failed... Sp- I guess it's not really a failed spinoff with Smallville, but then the yeah, movie. I don't know that, how, I don't know how this like, talks. It weirdly transformed into it. Yeah, uh, and the non-Supermax movie that happened didn't, didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. He uh, he got his own show. He finally Arrow. got his own show, which I still think was more a reaction to. It's like I feel like Smallville popularized the character, mm-hmm. and people you know were were suddenly interested in him again. Mm-hmm. But they kind of just disregarded all the character building they did in that and went for a completely different take, yeah. which I was upset about at the time. Yeah. You know, I still would have preferred a, a brighter show, yeah. you know, than, than the dour show that we got. Yeah. But, but I mean, 
they weren't wrong to do what they did. I guess they, not. They, they made the money decision. I guess in a not. Big but way. I, Eight but seasons I mean, and Flash is a spinoff. It is of yeah. that, and then Legends of Tomorrow and all of that. I mean, yeah. every night there's a new superhero show on yeah. CW. That that uh star girl show yeah. was going to be exclusive to the dc app and is now also going to be on cw yeah. i mean it's just crazy yeah like yeah but i think that i see this is this is a pet peeve of mine because uh-huh. people always act like arrow is the one that like ushered this new age mm, in but it's really it's really it's smallville. smallville it is i know it was on for 10 seasons and all the things people like freak out about an arrow i'm like yeah. but in season eight of smallville they yeah. did that so but i feel know. like but that's neither here nor there we yeah. can just talk about Arrow. I feel like Arrow and the Arrowverse have created, um, I don't know, like Smallville was, like when it first came out, that first season was huge. Yeah. And we, but I feel like the a big reason it also changed besides like they were like, oh no, people have left and all this stuff is because yeah. like maybe people were, I, I just, like I soured on it. I know there's other people who soured on yeah. it. So it kind of seemed like in the last couple of seasons, they were it had like a new audience that wasn't there yeah at like the beginning i think that's true where i feel like arrow has just been like building on its own that's true thing and like right. i think it's just a different tone like arrow seems much more mainstream yeah. than even when smallville went like kooky crazy with yeah. all its characters and there's costumes i feel like arrow is kind of like the show you could talk about with kids at high school and not well, get beat up for watching. I think Smallville started as something that was more, you'd more come to Smallville if you were a fan of like Dawson's Creek or 90210 Girls, yeah. than you would if you were a fan of like, say, Lois and Clark. Yeah. But I think with with Arrow, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a comic book fan. Yeah. You know, I mean, by the end, you definitely do. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, in its base, I, and I still feel like it's more an answer to Batman Begins than Smallville. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I think that's more what they're going for. Yeah. And you're right, it does work. I mean, it, it although I think Flash surpassed it in the ratings really? uh, quite a while back. But yeah. um, I think that Stephen Amell is, is perfectly cast in that role. Mm-hmm. But then they never let him like have that kind of Some, charm. Yeah, that he has sometimes in real he gets life. to do so it. Like, and you're just like, oh, it's like they cast him for that reason, and then mm-hmm. went in another direction. It's which, funny whenever you know, an Arrow character cameos on the Flash, and they yeah. get to be like fun yeah. and have a good time. Like I remember when Diggle showed up on the Flash to help them get King Shark. Yeah, and, like Diggle and Layla just get to be like, hey, hey, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> I know. Let's get us a yep. shark. Yep. You're gonna need a bigger Flash. Yeah. <laughs> and you just never see that kind of. I know. It's true. It's so, true. Yeah. And and it never like in the in the in the crossovers and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like I think Stephen Amell and like the Arrow character that they they were able to create on that show, they really were able to give him like gravitas mm-hmm. and make him seem like, you know, the linchpin. Of I mean, this, he's their the Batman. Group. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He really he is. Does, he's the one that everybody. Whenever he's of. talking to Flash or whatnot, he's talking to like other heroes the way Batman would. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. So Arrow, I think, is crazy successful. Yeah. There's there's several novels based on it, which we have here. Yeah. There's uh, several comic book adaptations of it that yeah. we have here. Um, so you you know you can check Don't we all have those like out. isn't there like a year zero or something that we have? There's a Flash year zero, but there's oh, okay. uh, the Arrow like takes place within the show or follows right. like Malcolm Merlin or you know, mm. different characters. Yeah. But um, you know, I even though I have kind of a a love-hate relationship with Arrow, you mm-hmm. know, like there's seasons that I really love and yeah. other ones where I think like you've got to move the clock on this because yes. I'm bored out of my mind. Yeah, Season um, four. Yeah, seriously. But by the time you get to the end, I mean, it is it is kind of a satisfying, yeah. it is a satisfying thing. Like they, they, built, a, yeah. they built a good house, you know, yeah. and, and because of that, we're able to do so much more. Yeah. See, you're right though because at one point I was like, yeah, what is it? The longest running superhero show? But then I'm like, oh wait, Smallville was 10 seasons. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. S- are I you th- going to finish Arrow, do you think? 
Yeah, we just finished season five. Okay, we just got back to it. Yeah, we, we just we finished it's season three of Flash. Those darn crossovers. Those it is. Crossovers. It's the crossovers yeah. that have stopped me from finishing and catching up with uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. That makes me annoyed. Yeah. But the way Netflix works is that uh, as soon as the season ends, it ends up on Netflix. Yeah. So now season eight is there. Oh, so cool. we just got three seasons of Arrow to get yeah. through. Uh, Plus the crossovers. I, I really liked season five. Yeah. It. I like. I think for me, it's like season two. Season five, season one, mm-hmm. and then season three and four are fighting for which one I dislike yeah. the most. Raz al Ghul or Damien Dark? Yeah. I don't know. They, yep. Those were rough seasons. Uh, so there you go. I think you get this groove back in seven and eight. Yeah. No. There's, I mean, obviously, you're right. There's things I don't like. Like Prometheus is like the main villain of season five. And I'm like, oh, Prometheus from Grant Morrison's Justice League. He's, he's this cool character who can like insert these... Uh, these programs into his helmet and he can have like the fighting styles of other people. No, he's just another archer. They're always just another archer. Hmm. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the season arc villains, some of them, Oh, Ricardo Diaz is a, is a recurring villain on that show mm-hmm. who I feel like it's three seasons mm. and it just won't end. It just but, won't end. <laughs> Sometimes it's funny. Like there was that one, like maybe it was the first crossover with the flash where arrow and what were they calling him? Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, Arrow and Roy are fighting Captain Boomerang. Yeah. And it's just the three of them. And Bo- Captain Boomerang's just like holding his boomerangs and using them like right. like swords. Yeah. And Arrow's you just using his bow as right. a weapon. And I'm like, this is silly. Yeah. This, this is, is a silly that, thing for grown-ups to do. That's not working. So <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> anyway. All right. So but yes, I like Arrow. You consider yourself a fan of Arrow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we we watched Flash first and then went back and started going through Arrow. Um and it it's definitely a show that like grew on me. I I wasn't a huge fan of the first season, but mm-hmm. season two kind of won me over. So okay, yeah, all right. Well, if you if you had to recommend, somebody's never heard of the character. All right, they never heard of the character. Oh wow, what are you gonna have them read? Probably year one. Year one, I think. Okay, I think yeah, it is one of the weirdly successful year ones. Yeah. It's weird that that's such a hard thing to do, but yeah. I I think that's good because it's the it. I don't know. It still feels modern. The art's kind of cool. Uh, there's no like baggage you have to carry on. And then if you like that, then probably like that uh, Longbow Hunters yeah. or maybe Rebirth or something. I don't know. Yeah. See, I would yeah. say I think you're right. If if it's somebody totally blind, I think Year One is probably the best place to go. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you've seen the show or Green Arrow's a character that you're like, yeah, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. Then I think Longbow Hunters. Yeah, that's is really worth the time one, yeah. for you because. Um, yeah, year one's not going to tell you anything you don't know. Exactly. So. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. So I think if you know nothing year one, if you know a little, I think Longbow Hunters. And I think if you have any intention of reading Green Arrow, Longbow Hunters is the one that mm-hmm. you have to read. It's indispensable. Yeah. You've, you've got to read that one. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite Green Arrow story? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, yes, year one, but I, I do like those... Uh, those the, uh, D- Denny O'Neill. The Denny O'Neill ones. So I haven't read too much. So yeah. I should go back now, or I should read the Longbow Hunter stuff. Oh, I, th- I, th- then, I really think you should. Then reread the I Kevin Smith stuff. That. Yeah. So yeah, I'm loving the Longbow Hunter stuff. I think if I had to choose just a favorite, it would be one called uh, Green Arrow: The Wonder Year, mm-hmm. and it it's it's really a standalone four issue story, and it's it's kind of a it's not really an origin. It's not really a year one that you get flashbacks to sort of explaining his origin, mm-hmm. but it is I like watching uh, Wildcat beat the living crap out of him in uh, the justice league yeah, unlimited episode. Yeah, that was a fun episode, but wonder year, Wildcat. I think it takes, it has really good characters in it. It's got, it's got a, you know, political tinged plot. His voice starts breaking and for the first time. <laughs> yeah. He joins the football team, right, but maybe exactly. too soon. But I, for me, that was my favorite because yeah. I really, I think that it, it's, again, it is Mike Grell. Um, 
but it's really standalone. It it captures the character really well. It gives you a satisfying like it, it it's self-contained and it's satisfying in a way that I think you could just if you know the character at all, you could pick it up and read it and get a lot out of it. Mm. That is my personal favorite, but I'm going to agree with you that going blind, you want to go year 1 if you're a fan at all, go Longbow Hunters. All right. Yep. All right. All right. Well, I I think is yeah, there I gotta any, go is, eat. There, is there anything left to say about, about Green Arrow? The Green Arrow. I can't think about any. I can't think of anything else. Okay. So all right. Well, uh, I think that's gonna do it for this episode of the All the Book Shows. One of our. I feel like this is one of our longer episodes. Don't don't but call that out. I'd keep. Well, I'd keep talking about Green Arrow. So okay. I guess yeah. we got. I guess we just gotta cut it. Mm-hmm. Next week, uh, special guest star Hillary Gunning of previously on X Men. I didn't know this was happening. You didn't. You. This is literally the first time I've heard of this. Oh. I didn't approve of this. You thought we were gonna do a Birds of Prey spotlight without Hillary? I had hoped. She's the Birds of Prey <laughs> expert. Yeah. Well, she was already not pleased that we didn't call her in to do to Star Trek: The Next Generation. I thought she doesn't even like Next Gen. I, well. Anyway, it's not our Star Trek. Anyway, Hillary from previously on X Men is going to join us yep. here to talk about all things Birds of Prey, and hopefully Birds we'll Prey. have a movie review for you at that point yep. too. After that, we're going to be talking about Jack London, and then we have a lot of uh, fun interviews lined up as well. Yep. So stay tuned here on the All the Book Show. Uh, all right, you're really leaning into that microphone. Thank it's you. Like it's, it's like you're delivering because War of the Worlds right now. It keeps moving oh, okay. from yeah. side to side. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Yeah.